You are listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Kiana Jones, artist and founder of Happening Hands, a community that helps makers and creative business owners build thriving, profitable businesses. Every week on our podcast, we discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to build that profitable handmade or creative business that you've always dreamed of. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Handmade CEO Podcast. I'm so excited to welcome today's guest, Katie Pescores from Katie Did PGH. Katie is your go-to gal for all things web design, SEO, and website troubleshooting, and I'm so excited to chat with her today. And we actually know each other in person, which is really fun. We both live in Pittsburgh, and Katie, by chance, ended up at my booth at a craft show back in the spring and ended up buying one of my handcrafted original painting necklaces from my business, Rokita Art. And we started following each other on Instagram and just kind of hit it off. And I thought, how great would it be to have you on the show? So welcome to the show, Katie. (laughs) Hello. I'm so excited. This is so much fun. Yeah, thanks for being here. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So can you first get started by telling me a little bit about your journey to becoming a web designer and SEO specialist? How did that all come about? Sure. Well, I hope you're ready for some twists and turns. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Kind of a crazy story. Um, So I graduated um, from college in 2009 Mm -hmm. with a degree in history um, smack dab in the middle of the great recession. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, What a time. What a time. Um, and I, I was, I felt like really lost. I, I didn't necessarily want a job in history or like Mm -hmm. anything to do with that, but I just needed a job because I don't know if you remember, but back then you like got kicked off of your parents' health insurance, like six months after you graduated, there was no like, you know, you had to get health insurance from a, from a job. So I was like, okay, I need to find a job. I need health insurance. But it took me about six months. The first job I got, I worked at a grocery store, no benefits mm-hmm. or anything, but I was like, I need to find a full-time job. So like a year later, I finally got a full-time job. I finally got benefits and it was at a bank. <laughs> wow. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of like, okay, Um, I guess what I'll do is I will just throw myself into this career. I will just Mm -hmm. work at a bank. I will do my best to like work my way through the ranks and this will be it. This will be what I do for the rest of my life. And I was miserable the whole entire time. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Um, it was, I don't know, not a good fit for me. Um, but I was there for eight years and I was really trying hard. I was really trying hard to work my way up. Um, Mm -hmm. I was putting myself out there. I was working really hard. I was trying to come up with like procedures and policies Mm -hmm. and stuff and asking questions and giving feedback and all this stuff. Um, and I ended up being kind of like an assistant manager in the back office, still just like miserable, but I was helping train employees to use their computer because there had been like employees who had been there for like 10 years and they had no idea how to like copy and paste or do anything to like make their job more efficient. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. So I was, um, teaching a lot of people and training a lot of people. Um, but I was coming home just like absolutely miserable every single day. My creative brain was not being used at all. And I 
was still trying to like do my best to become a manager to like do good at this job. Um, and I don't know if other corporate places are like this, but our managers were actually discouraged from giving raises or giving you like good yearly reviews <laughs> because then it would mean that they would have to promote you or whatever. And so I was making a lot of lateral moves and just like not making what I wanted to make and all this stuff. And the whole time, my husband, who's a software engineer, he's like, you need to learn front end development which is basically it's coding so that you can code websites, like how websites mm -hmm. look to users. Yeah. Um, and I kept coming up with excuses. I was like, uh, no, I'm not good at math. <laughs> um, I'm not smart enough. I don't have time. Like I'm already dug into this career or whatever. But I remember like one day something in particular happened at, at my job that day. And I was just like so frustrated and I was like, if I don't make a change, I'm just going to be miserable <laughs> and my mental health is going to suffer. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try, you know, whatever. I'll give anything a try at this point. Um, and so I started taking a web development boot camp online and it was not easy. <laughs> it was very difficult, uh -huh. <laughs> just like I expected. <laughs> um but I was still like passing the sections of the class. And what was great was it was so creative. Like I, I was able to just like use that other part of my brain. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been missing. I feel like I could do this. I even, I got to one section. If you know anything about front end development, it's called JavaScript. Um, and it's like yeah. notoriously difficult to learn JavaScript because it's all logic based and all math based. And I failed that section six times. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I That's it. rough. I know. I failed it six times, but I finally passed it. And I was like, okay, you know what? If I could pass this section, I could do anything. I can make money doing this. Like I can do this. So I told my husband, I was like, give me six months and I'll make money doing this. And he's like, okay. So that's what I did. And I like started freelancing and then I started getting more and more clients and I started getting clients easier. And I was like, this is fantastic. I get to be so creative and do this. And then eventually I'm like, okay, I want to put the best product out there. I want their website to be long lasting. I want it to be high converting to make money for them very easily. I want it it to be easy to use. So I need to learn SEO and how to rank on Google for them. I started researching that and um, quickly found that it was like inundated with just so many, for lack of a better term, bros <laughs> that yeah. were just, um, they were trying to teach SEO, but they were doing it in su such a complicated way with like all this like technical industry talk and I was like, no wonder this goes over everyone's head. There has to be an easier way to teach this. And I know I can definitely like make this easier for people to understand, especially people that might not be so tech savvy. So I started doing that too. And that's kind of where I ended up is I started making guides, SEO guides and workshops. And, you know, so that's, that's what I do now. And I love, I love it because 
it takes such mm-hmm. a crazy overcomplicated subject and it makes it easy for business owners. And, um, like that's all I, I wanted to do. So. I think that's so important, especially because a lot of business owners, you know, they're, they're really focusing a lot of their time on their product or their service or whatever it is. And it's so hard when you, as a business owner have to be pulled in so many directions of like, Oh, I also have to worry about my website and my email marketing and all of these different working parts. And so having someone to explain it in a really easy way is just so incredibly helpful. Yeah. I mean, you work so hard on a product that you're Mm -hmm. selling you want people to be able to find it. And that's basically what SEO is. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just making your product easy for people to find. Yeah. I love that. So I get this question from a lot of makers. Why Mm -hmm. even bother getting a website Mm -hmm. if they already have Etsy or, and, or social media? Um, I love this question. I've actually been seeing an increase of posts on social media saying like, you don't need a website, which, you know, and I may be biased, (laughs) but I definitely think you need a website. I mean, the first reason is it's something that you own. Um, so you control what goes on it and how it looks and it just makes your web presence bigger. Um, so people can find you easier, but I think more importantly, and kind of what I've seen, and I'm not wishing ill will towards anyone, but I've seen a lot of things happen. Like, so whenever you sign up for Etsy or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you're agreeing to their terms of service. That means that they can take down your shop at any time for violating any of their terms of service, even if you're not trying, even if you're doing something that's not you don't think is directly impacting that. What kind of happens is they have a computer program that goes through accounts to see if they're violating terms of service. So they have like these strict rules and it's a computer program, like following these strict rules. So like, for example, I recently posted a video on TikTok and Mm -hmm. I got a notification that it was taken down because it violated the terms of service. Now I'm one of those weird people who actually reads the terms of service, like line for line. (laughs) Um, so when I got that, I was like, okay, what's going on? And it said that I was, uh, showing illegal goods and services, which I was not (laughs) on my video, but because crazy. Yeah. Because the computer program saw like something in that video that maybe resembled something that another video that was, you know, showing illegal activity or whatever. Um, it just automatically takes it down and yeah, I filed for an appeal and everything, but it's not like you can get a hold of someone, (laughs) you know, a real human being. It's impossible. human. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, they can just like take that off without warning. And what happens, and I know what happens with Etsy is you're, they just shut down your shop. There's no warning or anything. Right. Um, and then trying to get a hold of someone is, is just impossible. And I mean, there's other scenarios, like if your account gets hacked and you can't get into your account, that happens a lot. Um, yeah. And then I also, when I was dr- doing a lot of troubleshooting, I had this client who um, inherited a business. Mm -hmm. They had a Facebook shop and she got locked out of her Facebook shop 
and couldn't get back in. And I worked with Facebook for three months trying to get her back in. And that was whenever I could contact a real person at Facebook and she still never got back into her shop because it's just like you're trying to prove who you are to someone Mm -hmm. or customer service. You're going back and forth. So if you have that website, you know, best case scenario is your site gets or your Etsy shop gets put back up and you have that backup website. So in the meantime, you can sell on your website. But worst case scenario, you never get back in. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it's really important to have a website. And I don't want to scare anyone, but it happens. It definitely happens. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've, I've heard of these things happening to friends, um, mm-hmm. you know, and other makers. And it's just, it's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, planning for that worst case scenario is actually going to really help in the long run, I think. Are you already prepping for the holiday craft show season and want to make the best of it? Join Happening Hands to get access to our mini course on how to have a successful holiday craft show. It comes with a craft show booth essentials checklist and a walkthrough on how to make your market banner in Canva. Simply go to happeninghands.com and sign up for your first three days free. All right, back to the show. How can SEO help a small business these days when the online world is just so saturated? Um, I'm thinking specifically of like, you know, I get a lot of questions like from soap makers or jewelry makers. They're like, well, there's so many other jewelry makers out there. There's so Mm -hmm. many other soap makers out there. So like, how can SEO help someone uh, kind of stand out online and help a small business? Right. So I believe in a local first strategy um, whenever it comes to SEO. So if you take your market and you shrink it down to your local area, you have more of a chance of showing up in search results, Um, at least in the beginning. You know, you can want to sell worldwide. um, That's great. But if you start locally and optimize locally so that you're showing up in like the search results that are like so makers near me, you know, or soap makers in Pittsburgh, um, or something like that. And you put your efforts into that. Eventually that will grow. And once you like, you know, get on top of that market, you can always expand out. And I think that it's a lot more efficient and, you know, you want as much bang for your buck. So if you take your Mm -hmm. market area and you make it smaller, Um, then you can see better results that way. And then eventually, you know, grow outwards. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I never thought about that. Thank Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what are some of the myths that you hear surrounding SEO that are floating around these days? Um, I know you mentioned all the bros. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And I guess I was thinking about this the other day and it's like, so when um, like I first started, uh, researching SEO and stuff and like Google was in it, its early stages. There were so many just like false statements about how, how to optimize for SEO, mm-hmm. like floating around. But now it's, there's not a lot of myths around because, you know, it, there's so much research being done into like Google's algorithm and stuff. But a lot of things that I see that I would kind of consider non-truths, I don't know how to describe it, but like, um, I see a lot of people thinking like they can just optimize for SEO and then be done with it forever. 
Um, and that's, mm. that's not true. It's something that you have to kind of work on like every six months or so. Um, because markets change or, you know, maybe even holidays, um, especially if you're a maker on Etsy or, or somewhere, you know, it's better to, to optimize for holidays. The way people search changes, it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. I think think about it, how, you know, there's such an increase in like sales for Dungeons and Dragons merch since the new season of Stranger Things came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like stuff like that affects the market. Um, so redoing your SEO, um, and just kind of optimizing it for the time is good. And then the other thing that I've actually been asked to do before that I think is, is not good to do (laughs) is, um, (laughs) like I've been asked, why can't I just put a bunch of keywords on my homepage and then make them transparent? So like no one can see them, but like the Google bot can read them. Um, that actually doesn't work. Um, at all actually the <laughs> negative impact so the thing to think about is like the google algorithm is smart enough to recognize when you're trying to game the system <laughs> so it's really like easy to get penalized for things like that you know like the people who are writing and working on the code for the algorithm think of these things you know think of of people trying yeah. to game the system and it's just like not a good idea it's better to just like have good content and do a little bit of research. Plus, like, I feel like if you are really committed to your niche, like you Mm want to put good information out there anyway. So why not just do it that way? You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be lazy. (laughs) Don't be lazy. (laughs) Such is life. (laughs) Just everyday life. Don't be lazy. Okay. What are some easy ways that small businesses can get started with a website and SEO or start to improve what they already have in place? So the first thing that I would say is to get a Google business profile. So if you were to go to Google right now and search soap makers near me, those are the listings that pop up first. They're the ones that have the map and the title Mm -hmm. and the hours of operation. Um, Okay those little profile sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that through your Gmail account. Um, and you don't have to have a physical location to set that up. So a lot of people think you have to have a physical location, but you don't. And then I would start asking for reviews for your business so that they can be on your business profile because those that's how those are ranked. Um, by number of reviews and quality of reviews. And then the next thing that I would do is try to just analyze the copy that you already have, either uh, like on your website or Etsy or or anywhere. And think about um, what your ideal client is actually searching for. So um, a lot, and I see this happen on a lot of websites, a lot of online business websites where they have beautiful websites, but their copy, you can tell that they wanted to sound smart. They wanted to sound like they were an expert in their field. So they're using all kinds of like industry jargon, Mm -hmm. all kinds of like expert language. And they probably went to like the thesaurus and like looked up fancy words and added all those things in there. But actually you want 
all the copy to reflect mm-hmm. um, language that a visitor or client would actually use. So yeah. someone who's not an expert in what you do at all, someone who is new to your product or service, what are mm-hmm. they searching for and what language are they using? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So do you have any special offers for our listeners? Yes, I do. Um, so if you use the code, the coupon code handmade, um, you can get 50% off either of my guides. So I have my five simple steps to improve your SEO, um, which mm-hmm. is a guide that just gives you really simple, easy, manageable things that you can do for your website mm-hmm. right now. That'll take like less than an hour and it will, you'll see an instant improve improvement in your ranking. And then I also have a guide called easy website content and it goes over everything, your copy, the images, the pages of your website, the call to action, mm-hmm. um, how to make that SEO friendly and how to make it so that your website converts at a high rate. Yeah. So either of those guides and you can get 50% off. Awesome. And yeah. that's on your website, katiedidpgh.com? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. My last question is, what are your top three favorite books on business? Okay, so I have to confess that I don't read a lot of business books and I haven't. That's but, okay. Um, I have read You Are a Badass at Making Money, which I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like sassy, like no frills guide about your expectations and like mental blocks, um, mm-hmm. about making money and stuff like that. I really liked that. And then whenever I was working at the bank, I was reading a lot of leadership books because I was trying to be, you know, proactive in that. Um, and yeah. I really liked, it's called blink, um, mm-hmm. By Malcolm Gladwell, and it's all about leadership and making decisions, um, mm-hmm. how real world leaders make decisions, and that I really enjoyed. And then I'm actually reading a book right now that I just got. I got it for free actually at my bookstore because it's nice. an advanced reader's copy, so it's not out yet, but I highly mm-hmm. recommend it. And it's called Women Who Lead, and it's just a bunch of like short stories, not stories because it's real life, but like short essays about women who have started companies all over the world, um, Mm -hmm. what they do differently and kind of like what you can learn from them. And it's really just like struck that thing in me to be like more motivated to change things in my business. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really love that one right now. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing, Katie, and thank you for coming on the show. And I'm just so happy that you could share these tips with our listeners. I know that especially some of these tips about, you know, being able to get your business found a little bit more easily. It's really, really helpful. So thank Thank you. you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Handmade CEO Podcast. Check out the show notes to get a closer look at our guest today and our special offers. Most importantly, check out and join our membership for makers, Happening Hands, where we feature courses, workshops, monthly coaching, and more for makers and creative business owners who are ready to bring their businesses to the next level. 
You can do this by going to www.happeninghands.com. See you next time. And until then, don't forget that no dream is too big to turn into your dream job.